Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, my friends. A few weeks ago, I published a podcast episode about how to market business coaching without promising money results and how to kind of decouple the value of coaching, even business coaching from the amount of like money or pragmatic results that you get about how the value of coaching, the magic of coaching is about so much more than the money amount and how even as a business coach, you can really sell successfully. You can deliver tremendous value to clients, even when it is not directly correlated with a money amount. So what I want to offer you today is kind of the counterpart to that, the other side of it, not to say the opposite, but just like a different side of the same truth coin, as it were. And I want to talk about how the idea of just making money for the sake of money is legitimate and honorable and should be de-shamed and de, what's the word? I don't know. In our culture, we think of doing something just for the sake of money as kind of, you know, debased or it's not fully, it's not as moral. It's not as noble. It's not as honorable as having some other kind of intention to serve and help behind it. And I want to kind of break apart that assumption as a classist and elitist social construction. I talk your little ears off every single week in my podcast. And if you follow me on Instagram, if you get my emails, I pretty much talk nonstop about the importance of serving, about how service has to be at the heart of business and about how the best way to market effectively, best way to make money, get people to give you money, to grow your business, to scale your business is to scale your ability to help help people first and then paying clients follow, help people extravagantly without need, without attachment, without expectation of a return, help as much as you can in all the ways that you can, every chance you get to help and the money just follows. And so everything I just said, I 100%, 1000% believe in. And that is how I create you know, profits and abundance in my own life. And that's what I teach my clients. And that's what we do in my world, right? Service always precedes money. Now, on the other hand, I noticed that there is a kind of stigma that exists in the world that especially coaches can have because we, you know, pick up to parts of socialized programming about how it's bad to want money just for the sake of money right? When people think about wanting to make a lot of money, they think, oh, well, I'll feel good about making money, but only if it really helps people or only if I use my money to help people. Or my clients will often feel guilt about just charging people or doing making any decision in business. And they're primary reason or one of the primary reasons happens to be because I want more money because I need to make money or I want to make money. Now, do I think that just being after the money can be a less powerful motivator for you to take action in a lot of cases? Do I think that the desire to serve is a more potent motivator that, you know, unleashes more generosity, unleashes more creativity a lot of times? Sure. 
But I also think just the pure desire for money is also an incredible motivator, except when it isn't. And it is and it isn't just depending on the context, right? If I had no pure desire for money, like if I didn't just want more money, I think I would still be a coach making like, you know, $60,000 a year doing work with one-on-one clients. That's where I was about two years ago. And I loved working with clients one-on-one and my life was great. I had a fully booked calendar. I felt very in demand. I felt very like I was being in, in deep service of my clients. I adored my clients and I would have been happy to just be on that path forever. And I got to tell you, I would have never made the decisions to invest in my own brain at a deeper level. I would have never taken the challenges that I took. I would have never stretched myself out of my comfort zone that often and that hard. (laughs) I would have never had to reach for new and new levels of confidence and self-belief. I would have never pushed my brain to create better and better ideas for intellectual property. I would have never pushed my brain over and over to think of like, how could I help my clients get even better results faster. I would have never pushed myself to dream bigger and to imagine more vividly and to connect with as many people if I didn't want more money. If I didn't want to make a million dollars and more. When my business is bringing in multiple millions now, I am changing hundreds, if not thousands of lives as opposed to just like, 10 or 15 clients that I had at a time that that I was communicating with regularly two years ago when I was doing, when I had a one-on-one coaching practice. And I don't mean like, again, I don't mean to like say that that's like somehow less valuable than what I'm doing now. It's just very different. Like I said, I was very happy. I felt very fulfilled. I was very proud to have the business that I had then. And I should have been, I was doing excellent work. I was showing up a heart and soul for my clients who were like literally changing their lives week after week. I was incredibly proud then. And I'm incredibly, incredibly proud now. But I just think now with like this size of business I have now, and I have a team that I hire when I speak, when I record a podcast, when I write on Instagram, it goes out to thousands of people when I write emails, right? And when I teach something, something, an idea that I teach has, you know, hundreds of times, thousands of times reverberation compared to what it did two years ago. And overall, I just feel like I have way, way more beneficent, you know, good for the world impact than I did back then. And I would have never gotten here if it wasn't for my desire to make and have more money. Did I want to serve more? Of course. But I felt so full of service when I was making $60,000. And I felt so full of service when I was making, say, $200,000. So it's like, you know, my desire for service was pretty much satiated. Like I was incredibly fulfilled. And so what got me to keep wanting to expand was how could I make more money? How could I make more money? And because I kept asking myself, how could I make more money? I got to where I am today, multiple seven figure business that serves hundreds, if not thousands of people at a time. 
And just like every single week in joyful marketing and in my mastermind, people are having life changing experiences of, you know, businesses that experience a phenomenal deepening and expansion and growth because of the work that I've created and sold because I wanted to make a lot of money because I wanted more, right? And I'm not done yet. I feel like I'm just getting warmed up making money and serving people and this is like, I, I told you all of my, the history of my business to bring home the point about how the desire for more money, the pure desire for money, like apart from like wanting to serve and all of that and doing things primarily for money, if not just for money or money being one of the primary, like the top reasons is an incredibly productive and honorable thing. Earlier in the podcast, I said that, you know, looking down on someone who's doing, doing something just for money is classist, thinking that something is an endeavor, uh, you know, a sale or, or something that you do, it's somehow, uh, you know, less noble, less morally good, less admirable, less whatever. If it's just for pragmatic reasons, if it's just for money, that comes from a very like oppressive, like elitist, classist um, underpinnings. Because think about it, the vast majority of the people in the world do work to put food on the table. I think there are some people for sure, even like whose trade is maybe like carpentry or farming or I don't know, engineering or even, I don't know, like, like house cleaners, right? For whom the work they do, it just lights them up. It brings them to life. They love it. Like they, like I'm a farmer. I do agriculture. Like I'm passionate about it. And I, I know like cleaners who like love, 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 adore cleaning and they just adore their work and make love making money that way. And I know engineers who like adore the work of engineering and feel like they're like coming alive with it. They get to, you know, they revel in the impact of what they're doing. But again, not to say that those cases don't exist, but the vast majority of the world who isn't like really rich, right? Which the most of the world is not rich at all. Most people go to work because they have to make money, because they want to make money to put food on the table, to provide for their children, to pay for rent, to just like survive and to create their own livelihoods. The only people who don't have to worry about putting food on the table, paying the bills, you know, putting a roof over their heads are people who are already rich. Most people work primarily for money. So when we say like, oh, well, she's doing it just for the money. Well, how, how crude or how gauche or how whatever we are accidentally, I think most of us do it unconsciously perpetuating a very classist paradigm in which we are pretending that the pursuit of money isn't necessary or vital or incredibly productive in the world, which is an illusion and a fantasy that can only be indulged if you are already super rich, born with a trust fund, and you never have to think about you know whether you're going to have food on the table or a roof over your head. Most people want more money. They work for more money so that they could improve their own lots in life and they could improve their own lots the lots of their children's lives. I think wanting to make things better for their children is such a fundamental and powerful drive, you know, and I can't help to think about my own family's history. You know, my grandparents like grew up literally in the aftermath of a horrific war in which there was like nothing left in the country except like rubbles. And my country, South Korea was like poor as dirt. And 
you know, I just like, no, I didn't live in a super, super poor country because I was born into a much more prosperous country. But when, back when my parents were little kids, you know, if a kid came to school like and had packed lunch and they had like an egg <laughs> in the lunch, like they were the rich kid. Like if you could eat an egg, like an egg a week, that was like you being rich. That's how poor everybody was. And um, my dad had to go live in an orphanage for a couple of years when he was like five years old with his sister, even though he wasn't an orphan, just because my grandmother was so poor, like she literally could not feed them because she was she was widowed from the war. And like, that's the kind of poverty my dad grew up in. Um, my mom wasn't quite so poor. But you know, back in the day, even if you were middle class, that standard of middle class was like very poor compared to, for example, in the US, like what it was like in the 50s and 60s, like in the 60s, like a middle class US household might have had like, you know, a radio, a TV, washing machine, you know, a sofa, you know, a car, those things were incredible, incredible luxuries uh, where I come from. And, you know, when my parents, you know, moved to the United States in the 80s, when I was born, they cleaned toilets, they washed carpets, they sold things in like flea markets, just like every penny they scraped together. Do you think they did it, did it for the fulfillment of their soul? No. Do you think they did it to like serve humanity? No, they did it because they had to survive and because they wanted to create a better future for their kids. And I'm getting really emotional because first of all, it's like every immigrant parent story, right? And also because they succeeded. Like my mom, she told me she was literally washing carpets and like scrubbing tiles like nine months pregnant before I was born. And she was really worried that she was inhaling all, all these toxic fumes from from the cleaning products that she was working with, she was really worried that they were going to harm me, the fetus in her like nine month pregnant belly. And I was like, oh, well, that explains a lot about why I'm fucked up. <laughs> Kidding. But I mean, luckily, I mean, that's not something to laugh about because like, that's a real thing that a lot of women actually do suffer from and their babies. But that is to say, people, my parents were hustlers. They did things for like cold, hard, pragmatic reasons because they needed money and they wanted money. And guess what? I don't know exactly who you are or where you're com coming from, but I bet you anything, you have some like cold, hard hustlers in your ancestry as well. We are all children of hustlers. Like, unless you are like, I don't know, like literally the king of England or the queen of whatever, the descendants of royalty or something, you know, you have a lot of hustle in your brain. Uh, in your in your DNA, in your system, right? The majority of humanity has always had to work for money to survive and to create better lives. And why are we suddenly like shaving that when it comes to coaching? It's actually uh, important to tell these stories and important to say wanting money for the sake of money is honorable because with money, you can make things happen. With money, you have options. With money, you have more freedom. With money, you just can do more in life. And that when you say, I want more money, that's what everybody means. I want more in life. And the only way I think making more money for the sake of money is not honorable is if you're stealing it. That is dishonorable. Or if you are lying to somebody, if you're cheating someone, if you are making money via means of taking somebody 
from someone else without their consent or be a deception. Like these are dishonorable, unethical reasons or ways to make money. But if you are selling to consenting people, if you are providing a valuable product or service for a consensual exchange of value, you know, you give me the service, I give you money. You give me your time and then I give you money. You give me what, as long as this is all happening transparently and consensually, making money for any reason is honorable. So I've had clients tell me, you know, I'm not like, of course I want to help people and I'm happy when I help people and that does motivate me. But really, I just want to make a lot of money and I want to buy brand name bags. I'm like, amazing. Don't have shame about that. You know what happens when you buy brand name bags is that you put money back into the economy, is that you get to enjoy something that's beautiful. You, you get to participate in a consensual exchange of value that's like good for the economy, good for the world, good for you. That's good in every sense. And for you to be able to buy a Louis Vuitton bag, you need a lot of money. You need to have made a lot of money and you will have made every single one of those pennies. You will have made every last dollar of the money that you made from people from whom, to whom you provided value. If you said, I'm going to lie and cheat and steal from my client so that I can buy my Louis Vuitton bag, I'd be like, okay, let's not do that. But not one single client has said that to me me as of yet, because everybody is saying, I want to sell coaching. I wanted to provide true value, true usefulness to my clients to an extent. What's wrong with me? I can't talk today. I think I'm too excited. To the extent that what I give my clients, the service I provide, the value of it exceeds the money that they give me. So my client who wants to buy Louis Vuitton bags, when she charges, for example, $2,000 for her coaching, she knows that she's receiving $2,000, but the client is receiving far more than $2,000 worth of value in her life through the coaching that she's getting. And if the client didn't feel that way, if the client thought they were getting less than $2,000 worth of value, they would never pay that price. So therefore... Every transaction that happens in coaching benefits the client and the coach. The the coach benefits by receiving money and the client benefits by receiving coaching that is greater in value than the sum of money that they're parting with. I kind of want to slow down here and really explain this because I think it's really important. For example, let's say I'm buying a sandwich because I'm hungry, right? And I have $5 and the sandwich costs $5. I am buying the sandwich for $5 only because the value of the sandwich to me is greater than the $5 I have to give up for it. I'd rather eat that sandwich than hold on to my $5. Now, if you are selling me the same sandwich, let's say it's a club sandwich. I don't know. I like club sandwiches. And you are charging me $100. I'd be like, no. Like, even if that means I have to like starve, I'm not going to pay $100 for a club sandwich. Why? Why won't I? Because to me, the value of the sandwich is less than the value of $100, right? So because the price is greater than the value of what I'm buying, I'm not going to buy it. When anyone buys anything, it's because the value of what they're buying is greater than the value of the sum of money they're paying. So if my client wants to own 10 Louis Vuitton bags, and let's say 10 Louis Vuitton bags costs, I don't know, $20,000. That will mean 
that they will have provided way more than $20,000 worth of service to people who are looking for it. So tell me what part of that is a problem. If you ask me, zero part of that is a problem, and that is fantastic. Tell me what you want to do with money that you think is like not spiritual or like superficial. You know, I don't know. Do you want to wear designer clothes? You want to buy a giant mansion? You want to have a yacht? (laughs) Whatever. Ask yourself, like, if I did make the money for it, what would that money represent? It would represent value provided services rendered to people who are looking for it, who desire to pay for it. In that way, again, unless you're lying or cheating or deceiving somehow, every act of making money is honorable because you're providing something of value to a consenting party. Cleaning houses for money, honorable, because you're providing a valued service to somebody who is wanting and willing and desiring to pay for it. You know, selling sandwiches, selling coaching, selling handmade pottery, selling everything and anything in the world to somebody who is consenting and willing to and desiring to buy it because what they're buying it is more valuable than the money they're paying literally creating more value for the world. It's it's just good in every way. If somebody says, I want to make money so that I can do good with it, please know that that's kind of redundant. Somebody's saying the same thing twice because in order to make a lot of money in the first place, you have to help people. So you don't make money in order to help people. You earn money as a result of helping people. And then if you want to do more things to help people with that money, great. But you having made money in the first place is proof that you already helped so many people. If you have a lot of money and you want to give it away, amazing. If you want to do you know good things with the money, amazing. But the fact of you earning and having the money itself is also already amazing as a baseline. I want you to always remember that any amount of money that you make or plan to make only reflects value of services rendered, value of products delivered in order to have created that money in the first place. If you make more money, you created more value. Unless, of course, like I said, you lied, cheated, or whatever, exploited people to get there, which every single one of us, life coaches, entrepreneurs, have the option to not do. If you want to make sure that all of your money is honorable, don't lie, don't cheat, don't exploit, And I think that's not that hard to do. (laughs) That's just me. (laughs) You know, there are legitimately people in the world. It's either because of their disposition, their personality, or because they have enough materially. They are genuinely like the idea of more money genuinely does not do anything for them. They're like very happy. And, and I know there are people like that because my dad is somebody like that. (laughs) He could be just as happy in a hut as he would be in a giant mansion. He's like the least materialistic person in the world. He does not care about, you know, being rich and famous. Like he's a very, very simple man. (laughs) And he's just one example. And I actually think my husband is pretty much like that too. There are lots of people for whom money, yeah, if they have enough, that's okay. If you are like that and you're a coach and you're genuinely very happy to just keep doing what you're doing without being pulled in the direction of, okay, here's what you would need to do and how to, you know, how you would have to grow in order to make more money, then I 
am such a believer that the most successful business that you can have is the business where you feel at home, a business where you can feel like your most authentic self. So if the size of business you have now is where you are like, I am a hundred percent happy here, then I want you to stay exactly there or wherever it is where you, you're going to feel like, ah, this feels like me. This feels like fulfillment. And this feels like the truest place for me to find fulfillment. Absolutely stay there. But if you are the kind of person who is motivated by money and who wants to make more money, I would like to offer that you consider that an invitation from the gods of business and commerce and value to stretch your brain, to stretch your self-concept, to stretch your sense of your own creative potential, to provide things of far more usefulness, far more, far more value to far more people than you are assuming you're capable of. Because if you're not lying or stealing or cheating, that is the only way you are going to make a lot more money. If you want a lot more money, just take that as a sign that I'm meant to contribute really big usefulness to the world and let the spirit of your business teach you about how that is true and how that gets to come true in the unique way that only your business and not anybody else's business is meant for. All right, my friends, let's go make a lot of money unless that's not your thing, in which case make a lot of a lot of your own form of joy and fulfillment no matter what that looks like. All right, my friends, talk to you next time. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.